Hey guys, uh, John with VP Precision back here. Jake and I are gonna knock a podcast out. Uh, sorry for a bit of de- delay. I've been gone over over the east, Eastern Oregon for a couple weeks. Um, I got to shoot a match and then help get ready for the MDT match. And so I had all the podcast gear. Jake and I were working every day and we didn't record a single thing. So we're now I'm home. We got home late last night and now we're on the phone doing one because it was pretty nonstop for quite a while. So. Um, it feels good to be back, getting back to work and getting caught up, but wanted to crank a podcast out today cause we were way behind. So getting some messages from you guys. We appreciate that. Asking what's going on. Everything's okay. Just been busy and definitely want to keep the content coming for you guys. So anyway, um, you good. You get some sleep last night, get home at a decent hour. Uh, yeah, I got home at a, a decent hour and um, still haven't unpacked anything because uh, the matches where we do them, we, uh, you know, we got to take everything, you know, we got to put everything up, take everything down, load it up. And so my target trailer is all stuff full. So I'll go through and I'll organize the iPads and the timers and, and, uh, you know, obviously all the targets, I'm going to have a, a giant used target sale here pretty soon. So I got to make cool. a list of all that kind of stuff and then go from there. Cool. I got to give, I got to give props to your, um, your target setup. So this was my Jake and I kind of co-match directed with you know with Sean out there, and but Jake kind of heads up the the JC Steel Challenge, and this this year MDT stepped up in a big way to sponsor that. We really appreciate it. So it was the MDT Steel Challenge, and and I co kind of co-match directed with Jake and. His setup is so baller for setting up a match. He's got this. How long is that big trailer? So I got a, a 20 foot, it's an eight and a half wide, 20 foot trailer. And, um, I had, uh, uh, XLR industries and Kyle Miller build me a, uh, basically like a target trailer that hooks onto a hitch on my side by side. And it's all, you know, like, uh, five sixteenths, uh, aluminum, super strong. I got a, you know, a 5,000 pound torsion axle on there yeah. and it just goes behind it pretty well. And, and we custom made it uh, to the inch. So you pull it on in and you load up all your stuff and it, you can close the door. It's, uh, it's, it's good. It, it sure does help out when you're setting stuff up or, you know, out, out That's in the amazing. field or, or, or whatever. Yeah. I was thankful being, you know, first time, like just, I had my four wheeler out there. It's not like you can throw piles of plates, especially EL, uh-huh. you know, long range stage where you got big circles and squares and you can't just throw those on a quad with T posts and flashers, but that's, it's this big four seater side by side pulling this aluminum trailer. You got like rubber matting uh, inside all the containers. So the steel sets in the rubber and these shell, like these kind of these different bins in the trailer and you go around, you set up, you know, half a day's match, grab another load of the trailer, set up a, you know, a full day and you go to the other side of the range and set up the next day. And it just, it made set up and tear down so fast. It was, it was fun. Even Sunday night, I jumped on that while Jake was tearing other stuff down. I started pulling targets and just, it was, it was so cool. So that whole setup, the side-by-side pulls in trailer right into the trailer, steel down both sides, T post underneath in the front. And then all the, you know, iPads and timers. And it was just, I was after running that for the, you know, this last week, I was like super thankful for your setup. It's pretty baller. So it, it, um, unfortunately it, it costs a little bit to do that, but oh, yeah. it sure is a lot of, uh, a lot less headache down the road. Cause for a while I did, you know, just regular four wheeler and I had mm-hmm. one of those rubber tote, you know, side by side ATV. We well, could only put a little bit in there cause they're meant for like a hundred pounds of dirt, you know? And yeah. Then, little rubber plastic (laughs) wagon pull behind i remember remember that back in the day on a little bit of some training but yeah this thing is head and shoulders above that so yeah but i I tell you what uh everything ran really smooth we um i had two events and Mm -hmm. uh one was the prs ag cup which you came and shot yep um and then uh, another one we ran together and that was uh the mdt steel challenge that that uh, we put on I tell you what, yep. both went off really, really well, and mm-hmm. um, it's just a ton of work, and and I'm, I'm I'm glad to be back home with the family. Yeah, I know that was two weeks of you out there, and then yeah, the week in between of just kind of resetting stages and moving everything around and getting everything ready and 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 all that. Not a single target failure, both matches, um, everything went as good as could go, minus 
probably the worst weather in June in Eastern Washington I've ever seen on, <laughs> on Saturday this week. Man. It poured and was just poured all day and 15 to 20 mile an hour winds pretty much nonstop all day. Broke all the tents for the ROs, most of the tents for the ROs, and, and it was nasty. I props to those guys for standing out there in the rain and, and all the shooters for grinding it out. So um, it was, you know, more talk on, on that. It was, I thought it was a really good perspective for me. I've done some, you know, some ROing and some small club match stuff as far as helping out, but I've never, I've just shot big matches. I've never been on the MD or even the RO side of a big match, just more on the club stuff. And it was really fun for me to drive around this whole weekend, um, you know, helping, just getting stuff for ROs. But then also, you know, when things are running smoothly, you get to go, you know, just squad to squad, checking in with people, giving lunches and, and snacks and watching people shoot. And for me, I, it was really fun to watch a bunch of guys I know and compete against in a way that I never get to watch when I'm shooting. When I'm shooting, I'm in, in my squad, in my zone, doing my thing. And it was super fun to watch all these guys walk up stages and sometimes get in their head before they even shot the stage and watch how they got in their head affect their performance on that stage, positively or negatively, and then how a bad stage carries on and how many stages it took them to erase that they had to it seemed like i saw watched a couple good shooters get have a bad stage and then the next stage was mediocre then the next stage was good and then they were back on their game but they let that yeah i think that next stage maybe some on a few times i watched you know cost those guys a point or two um just you know, and I obviously this is subjective and not for sure, but it sure seemed like that getting that kind of that overview of what, watching all the squads for two days. It was it was really fun angle that I got to see that I hadn't that I hadn't been a part of in the past, which was which I really liked. Yeah. So it, it was. I've cool. always kind of thought to myself that being an MD gives me an opportunity to see really how everyone um, you know attacks different stages and kind of what they do typically when I'm an MD now, it's just go, go, go. And Mm -hmm. if it's, you know, you're starting to get stuff set up in the morning Mm -hmm. and you're making sure everyone's timers are working, making sure everyone's gone iPad practice score the right way. And then you're, you know, then it's time to start delivering lunches and start delivering snacks. And then after you get all that done, then it's time to start setting price table up. So Mm -hmm. lately it's been go, 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 but there are about an hour or or different times in between where you have a a slight amount of downtime. Yep. You can go around, check on people, kind of try to boost the morale too. Cause sometimes you run a tough match, um, which we, you know, which we did. And I, I want everyone to have a really, really good time at my matches. I want to make sure that I take care of them very well, you know, with lots of food and, and good spirits. And so that, I think that's part of kind of part of my job as a, as a MD is just to, you know, have a good time and go around and always be smiling and, and, you know, get a lot of stuff done. So I think people notice that. Yeah. Agreed. So, so the first match you ran, um, was the AG series the AG, uh, the PRS AG series match. And it was tough. You had some, just some ball buster stages. You, you grabbed five of them from the actual AG cup. Um, at the AG cup, we had two to five mile an hour wins at the, this match we had, you know, 15 to 25 mile an hour wins. So you put four and six inch targets at six, you know, 500 to 600 yards that were in the AG cup. And then you put them out of the same ranges when you have winds, instead of holding edges of plates, you're holding a mill and a half. Um, and mm-hmm. so there was some, uh, it was, it was a, I loved it. I haven't, it, it seems like the, it's a hard balance because I loved it cause it was difficult. It's a hard balance for an MD because you, you shooters are customers in a way and you want them to be happy and come back. Uh, there's a lot of times when you, and you hit more targets, customers are happier and have more fun. And so it is yeah. definitely a balance. And again, me being on both sides of it, this, you know, the last few weeks getting to see that, you know, more firsthand, I understand it. But then when you do it, you really understand it. Um, and we had a lot of new shooters at the second match, the MDT match. And we obviously all the AG stages were gone and we reset a bunch of stages and moved some targets in and changed some target sizes and did some different things to make it easier. But when it's blowing 20 and raining sideways and then, you know, on the ne- on Sunday it was sunny and just gorgeous, but it was still blowing hard. 
it makes for a lot of a lot of new shooters coming out. Um, you know, get beat up a little bit. And I did the same thing going around chatting with guys and, and I, and really they're like, man, this is my first match. And I'm like, well, and they had smiles on their face, but I was like, just so you know, I was like, this is a tough one. And I, I if you guys keep shooting, it'll go generally goes up from here as far as different, or as far as, you know, if you make it through this, you'll get more hits at your next one. Usually I don't know where that balance is. Like I talked to a lot of guys that loved it. They're like, do we haven't shot a tough match? And it wasn't tough because you put, you know, four inch targets at 800 yards. The targets were very appropriate, but we had the wind and the times and the position movements and the target orders there. Everything came together to be a really challenging, much like the AG cup, which was one of my favorite matches that I've shot in, in a long, long time. Cause every stage was tough and there were no gimmies. I think when I cleaned one stage on the PRS match, the, and it was the unlimited round skill stage, the six shots. So everybody cleaned it. It was more of a time thing. And then other than that, it was just a grind. I got fives, sixes, eights, you know, but it was just a grind, but it was, I really, really liked it. But I don't know. I mean, what's your, what are your thoughts on the, I guess specifically the AG series on the PRS side of match design? So the, the PRS, uh, AG cup series, uh, match, um, I, I developed that course of fire, uh, to be challenging. Um, all PRS AG cup matches should be challenging. You shouldn't have very high hit percentages because that's not the idea behind the ag cup series that's mm-hmm. it's supposed to be the pinnacle of of competition the the pinnacle of toughness for matches and and emulate the ag cup that was put on in 2019 yep. and so when we signed on to do that that was that's kind of the idea is is you want to run those matches that are that are tougher that have a lower hit percentage um and yeah. if, if, if you go to a PRS AG cup match, um, in 2020 and you know, the winner's got 90 or, or 92% and he's always getting nines out of tens. That's too high. That's way too high. That that's not the idea of, you know, an AG cup series match. Um, and so for, for that, uh, you know, leave those kind of hit percentages or leave that kind of stuff for the club series and for maybe some of the simpler, you know, the simpler matches, Mm -hmm. uh, like that, uh, because that's, that's really where people are learning, uh, you know, to shoot and they're, they're joining the series in that particular capacity. But when we get to national level events, you know, they should be, uh, challenging and, Mm -hmm. um, are there going to be new shooters that struggle at national level events? Well, of, of course they're brand new shooters. And that's the same thing. Like you go out and in golf for the first time, are you going to struggle? Well, of course you are. Yep. But if you go to a PGA tour event and you, you know, go, go out there, you're, you're not, it's just, uh, you're not going to be able to uh, score very well because you're at a PGA tour event. You mm-hmm. know, it's different than going to your little putt putt course, yep. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and saying, yeah, I was two under at the putt putt course. Yeah. Well, you're not going to be too under at a, at a PGA tour event. It's just a different, it should be a different level of competition. Mm-hmm. It should be a different level of toughness. Um, and so when people are, um, shooting these AG cup matches for, you know, for me, I set up all these courses of fire. I really wanted to make every single course of fire, uh, something different, something unique and challenging. Yep. Um, and it's either going to challenge target order. It's going to challenge target size. You're mm-hmm. going to have a time requirement that's going to be challenged for you. You're going to have some movement or positions that are challenging. And so it's always something different. Um, and that's why I like to set up, you know, those matches like that. And I think the winner was right around 75%. Yeah. So it actually turned up, turned out perfect. Cause that was, that was my goal was to be, you know, at 75% on yep. the winner. Um, and you know, let the rest of the cards, uh, fall how they may. So, yeah. uh, the, yeah, the course of fire turned out really good for that. Um, in my yeah. opinion, but I love it. I, I, and I obviously it sounds like I'm just sucking up or whatever, but it was fun. And all the guys I talked to, like talking to Dan Bertini got, got a uh, second place. A lot of those guys just, um, really, really, really liked it. It was every stage. I've been to matches where you almost don't even think about when you sit there waiting your turn and you're like, all right, I'll just hold left edge or three tenths off, or it's just you just kind of like okay, I'll go three five seven one mil or whatever, or just play center, and then this course of fire is just you know 
couple shots, you know, move here, move here, move here, shoot two different targets, three different targets. But your this one was like from stump one, shoot target one, target two, then move and go two and three and three. Position three is target three and four. There was like those chaos stages and goes all the way out, ripping winds, different target sizes where you got some wide targets like coyotes and then you got some narrow narrow targets. So you can try to get your wind figured out on the coyote, you know, if it's going to be a mill or one five and then carry that out. And every stage was really up in your head. You had to really, really focus. And so it made it fun the entire two days. You're just, you know, really focused, which is fun because there's a lot of matches where during the downtime, there's not a lot of thought process process going into it. So I really enjoyed it. Um, there was just obviously some of those AG Cup stages were were super fun, but but you know when when you walk off of a lo- the long range stage with a five, and I'm totally happy about it. And there's some of these other tough stages you come off with a, <laughs> a six or an eight out of ten, and you're like, you know what? Yeah, because you did you did sell Mulligan chips, and I didn't use. I mean, normally if you get a six on a you know a stage of ten or twelve, you're going to use that chip. And there's stages you come off there with a six, and you don't even dream about it. You're just like absolutely yes, like you know you got out without a two. And so um, I, I I don't know. It's and that fun. was the same thing with the AG cup in 2019 yeah. is it was a complete grind. You were getting five sixes and sevens and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to keep grinding. Yep. I'm going to keep just trying to pile up those crooked numbers and, yep. and, you know, continually to try to be consistent on that every once in a while. Um, you have a bad stage. That's okay. Yep. Uh, because there's, there's more tough stages ahead for you to be able to prove yourself. Um, you know, part of it is if something went wrong, like a really good example is, um, a Bradley Allen in the AG cup, uh, yep. took a zero cause his scope shifted, mm-hmm. um, off and he didn't have it zeroed. And so he got on the target on a railroad tie stage at the AG cup yep. and he got a zero. Mm-hmm. Well, he knew that this is the AG cup. This is tough. He can battle his way back after a zero because yeah. you know he just has to shoot consistent and then so he went he he got a bunch of eights out of 12s and seven out of 12s and nine out of 12s mm-hmm. and seven out of 10s yep. you, you know they don't seem like you're, you're still dropping shots but he just stayed in the grind he just stayed yep. in the moment he yep. stayed uh continued to grind yep. and he ended up getting second place yep. um and so i love that, matches that like that right there tells me that it should be like that now you go to some other matches if you drop 12 shots on one stage, there's other matches. There's actually an AG Cup match this year that they didn't drop 12 shots all weekend. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll be you, in you 80th place. 12 shots all weekend. Yeah, so it's going to put you down in, in 50th place yep. or whatever the situation is because you because you did that. That's that's not the idea behind the AG Cup matches, you know, the, because all the other stages are easy. It's not that person X or person Y or whatever shot, you know, better, you know, they, they, they had more points. Um, and so obviously they, they did that, but if you drop 12 shots on a stage, it's a really good reminder to stay in the game, just like Bradley Allen did. And, and, you know, try to make that comeback, just keep trying to grind it and go from there instead of, um, you know, instead of just saying, well, I dropped 12 shots. I'm out because the the match is easy. Um, or it's just, it's a more simple match. So, yeah. So we shot that. You actually, you actually won. So props to you. And you put a school dragon on these guys, man. I'm so (laughs) proud of you. Yeah, we did. It was fun. We, I had an awesome squad. I've got, you know, Pants and Dan Burchini. We had a couple new guys, uh, Dan Elliott, Matt Alwine and Billy, some guys from around here, just a bunch of good guys. Um, and, Matt was running production, just burned it down with a six creed, ended up taking actually taking fifth overall. He's he comes from the archery side and really competitive archer, so he knows he knows how to, you know, head wise and, and competitive wise, he he's got that handled. So it was fun to see him kinda of, and he's shotguns his whole life, so it was fun to see him kind of get in a couple matches in and have a good good match. Um Dan and I Dan shooting he's actually shooting a six five creed um, with those new uh, Burger 144s, and they are hammering. And so we, he burned it down. Saturday we were neck and neck. He had me by one at the end of that day. And um, Sunday I just I just went on a heater and 
stage one, I went up by four and I kept it going the rest of the day and ended up finished. I think I was 13 or 14, uh, 12 or 13 up. I don't, I don't remember, but just had, had one of those days. Um, you, you know, you guys have, you guys have had, it's just, it's just, everything goes right. You make, you make, you break every perfect shot. You make good wind calls. And then the shots that you need to get a little lucky on, you get a little lucky on as well. So, um, just one of those days and it turned out it was fun. I do, man, I've got a, this was my first match. I've been working with loophole. You, as some of you guys know on a new radical, um, I got the green light. I can't give a lot of details and we're still, we're getting close. I did talk to them this morning to make sure I'm not going to get in trouble, but we are, we're getting close. So I had a, a test scope with our first re, um, revision of the radical. Actually Dan did as well. I gotta give you know I gotta give props to them. They've been super receptive. Loophold has on on what we want on reticle design for this game, and we've been working on it. So Dan had that scope, and I had that scope. We took first and second the PRS match, and then Morgan King has been testing one, and Dan obviously still was there the next weekend for the other match, the MDT match, and they ended up going one and two as well. So it was pretty fun to see that new reticle go first and second two weeks in a row. Um, I'm super, super excited about that. It was my first, my first uh, match with it. I really, really opens up the field of view. Um, I was able to see a lot, lot more than I did with the CCH. It's the CCH is pretty busy, and I've been running that for a few years. And this just really, oh, I'm just, I'm in love. So we made a few changes. Um, we don't have a specific timeline. It's, it's going to be, it's months, not weeks. So don't don't message them and 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 you don't need to ask me but we are we've got changes official we're drawing them up right now they're going to go back for the next revision and we should be done but even the one we have now i really really like so got to give props to that um but yeah no it was it was fun um just i just love those i love the matches where you can have a mistake not even mistake just a bad stage where you got you know, the wind goes from 15 to 25 and you kind of chase it during the stage and that happened to everybody. So it was good. And, but you know, you're still in it. So you just keep, you know, you keep grinding. So it was, it felt good to win. Um, uh, it felt good to win a tough match. Um, and I just, I don't know. These are the discussions we have around camp with shooters and Jake and I is like, how do you, the wind just by nature out West generally blows more than it does in the Southeast and scores are different and it's it's always been a debate i it doesn't bother me because i personally get to travel more than a lot of the guys that are a little more stuck in the northwest that want to compete nationally and the scores spread out faster oh not always but mostly no matter you could have had giant target meatball targets out and the scores still would have spread because the wind was so big and so yep by nature our our area spread scores out and that's a tough one for guys that are stuck competing here. It's like, man, they can shoot really good and get sixth place. And they're at an 87% where you, some of the matches are like all the way down, way, way down the standings, just bigger targets and less, or, you know, not bigger targets, but just less wind even just changes mm-hmm. scoring. It's such a, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't think there necessarily is one outside of maybe some regional breakdowns of scoring and, and some changes to that, which is complicated, but that's an interesting discussion that you can see in different matches, but it is disheartening for the guys that don't get to travel to those, some of those matches where maybe the wind blows a little less and scores can potentially be a little tighter. Um, that's it. What do you think about something like a multiplier? In regards to like placement and percentage, so for example, like what NRL maybe, does, yeah, maybe it's like, yeah, I mean, it, you know, like you said, it, it is hard to say how to how to make it fair, but in in my opinion, guys, in if we got ten different regions or whatever, mm-hmm. um, a multiplier might bring different regions to the same percentage level as other regions, and so okay. possibly. Uh, you know, because if you take a, a match and we'll just we'll, we'll just say any match mm-hmm. and you have no win and then you take that exact same course of fire with the exact same field of shooters. Yep. Um, you know, the scores change dramatically and yep. that that might be one of the hard, you know, the hard things is. Is uh, how do we uh, 
you know, compensate for that. You know, I, I wonder what the, I know, that's you know, without getting, without getting overcomplicated, you could have some, I haven't, and I haven't thought about this a lot, but you, it, it definitely almost always comes down to win. We don't want to make matches harder by putting out one and two inch targets. Cause then it just gets, there's too much element of luck, but you could almost have a breakdown of multipliers. I don't know how to do it, but um, with the you know five to ten miles an hour, ten to twenty miles an hour average wind through the weekend, um, it, it I don't know. It's hard because like the the MDT course fire this weekend, generous sized targets and g- solid props and everything. If the wind wouldn't have been blowing and the rain wouldn't have been going, you know, twenty miles an hour, and the sc- what the winner percentage wise, he was in the high seventies. I think 78%. 78. I think that would have been, it could have been high eighties easily with no wind. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe more. And, and then everybody's scores would have been up because you take a new guy. A lot of these new guys can aim at a target and pull the trigger, but they can't do the wind calculations in their head during a stage. If they miss off a side, they don't know how to carry that to the next target. So even a lot of the newer guys are going to hit more steel because like, Hey, you just hold on this side or this side as you go out and or, or in the middle. And so I, I don't know this is a debate and this is, we, I'm bringing it up because we, t- we talk about it. We talked about this weekend because it was a real prime example. You have, you know, and I like, I love K&M. I talk about, um, talk about with buddies like, man, you got to get there once. It's, it's probably the, I'm one of the night. It's definitely one of the nicer ranges on the East coast and all over the country. It's, it's, it's done really well, but the wind just doesn't blow there like it does out west it blows um but it's it's a little different and so it's a and there's and there's a lot of guys that show up there so the scores are it's just interesting um the way the way it separates the way it breaks down um i don't a lot of a lot of guys i've heard the answer is like we need they want it regional where you heavily compete in a club series and this is changing the whole thing so this is pie in the sky but um heavily competing the club series where or I'm going and you're going like, I haven't shot a club match in five years. The, the close four years, the closest one is probably six to seven hours for me. Um, one way. So I just don't, but if, if that was important, you know, you compete through the club series, compete in your region, qualify. And then the, you, then you have a finale, kind of a, a free for all, but it's it's a hard it's a it's an interesting discussion i don't know what the answer is i i love the sport the way it is i'm having a lot of fun but there's you know there there's always ways to continue to make it better and 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 think about those options um it's it's fun to debate it's fun to talk about you know what what some of the options are but it is difficult when it's blowing when it's blowing 30 and when it's blowing two it's a different game and that was a prime example on those ag stages you know they were really fun in georgia they were really fun here but we're going from holding you know two tenths to four tenths to 1.2 to 2.5 on the same stage as mills you know you're holding two mills on a target you hold three tenths on four tenths on down you know down in georgia so it's a it's a different game and obviously it affects scores um you know i i, I don't i don't know it's just uh i'm sure we'll, we'll continue to talk about it and if we come up with some brilliant answer we'll, we'll tell you guys but yeah. more of a, a theory discussions i guess but um i do one comment on this match i did slow down i've been running my dasher slower and slower um and I'm just loving it. I, there's something about those slower speeds where you can see stuff really well. I just got off the phone with Joe. I'm going to have some six BRs spun up and I might even Uh-oh. just, I know I, you know, get some long barrel t- six BRs and uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Joe's been having, uh, you know, awesome results and I, I'm, I can't argue for the e- easier it gets for accuracy and loading, the better it is for me. And BR does that. So anyway, I just, and, you know, if, if you have an accurate gun and you see where your bullets go every time, oh, um, man. it's just a giant, giant advantage to know, because for example, yep. I was talking with a bunch of new shooters this weekend and, and I've trained them and they've, you know, they're getting better and better mm-hmm. and they're starting to realize that this game, uh, that we play, whether, you know, precision yep. rifle shooting is really about knowing where your bullet is going every single shot, knowing where on the target it's going every single shot. So that mm-hmm. if the wind starts to blow it a little bit left or a little bit right, you can make those fine, small adjustments and get to the center of the plate. Yep. And so that's, that's a, 
I think that's kind of taken over the the precision rifle market and you're seeing guys run slower and slower, um, you know, to Mm -hmm. a point, you still want to have the, you know, the good high BC, you know, I'm not saying you got to run, you know, like 300 blackout kind of speed, but yeah, there's a, there's a fine line. (laughs) We all, we all want a giant BC. We all want, yeah, a hundred percent. There's, but you know, there's argument on the hunting side, like get a lot of speed for range uncertainty and, 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 and buck in the wind for that first round. There's, there are arguments on both sides, but it seems like that. Well, and I got to say, you know, watching Dan shoot the, the MDT match this weekend, he was running those one forty fours at 2,900 out of a six, five Creed. And there was no argument that there's, there were some hits had because of that, because of the high, high BC and the speed he's running at one forty four is faster than I'm running one Oh fives. And so, um, in those really big switchy wins, I watched a lot of guys get beat up on stages where, where they'd slip an edge and he'd catch an edge and, and yeah, it's lucky. It can go both ways. And, and dash were certainly competitive. There was a dash for one point behind Dan this weekend. So I'm not saying, it's a it's it's a deal, but there were a few stages where it was like you, you could just you could watch the trace just go. Well, I was with a spotter, you know, watch that trace go out flatter and faster, and just seem it just you could feel the difference when the wind was blowing twenty twenty five miles an hour. So um, mm-hmm. it's kind of but yeah. All that being said, I I dude, I just love the slow and steady. Um, that twenty eight hundred, twenty eight fifty, just perfect. I just oh, it's good. So I'm excited about getting those built up and uh and shooting yeah. some more dude it's been it would get this stinking break and kind of getting back after it's been a lot of fun so yeah, i'm sure so i'm sure you're jonesing because i got it i got to shoot one that you didn't get a shoot. <laughs> so you're emptying a couple yeah. weeks in a row here you got to be jonesing for a match oh i'm i'm jonesing to just go shoot and, and have a good time with everyone we're actually going to shoot the uh the rtc sniper side cup uh this weekend so that it's going to be great to go out there and we'll just work together and That'll be uh, fun. See how the cards fall. That should be relaxing. Weather looks good. And I've never shot I've never shot that match before. It's up at it's Carl Taylor's place up in Colville, Washington. I guess it's beautiful. That's what everybody says. I've never been, so I'm I'm looking it forward is. to just a chill weekend, not doing much just shooting. But but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um the um Oh, we got to do Swanee. We'll do Swanee's giveaway. We should have mentioned that at the beginning. Uh we'll do that here in a little bit at the end of this podcast. So we'll 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 grab a name out of there and um, yeah. and give that away. But um, did you any? What are your any thoughts on um, this this last the NRL MDT kind of one of the bigger NRL matches of the year uh, for sure and definitely got a little kink thrown in it with Corona. We had a lot of Canadians, a lot of people from from different countries that were flying in. We were going to do a training before. We had a lot of stuff on the books that just. Kind of got yep. messed up because of uh, Corona and airline restrictions and border restrictions, but we still had yep. 130, 140 shooters come out um, for this match, and you know, obviously down quite a few from where it was going to be going to be giant, yeah. but um, it worked yeah, out it with was, the weather and everything. It was going to be really big. We had, uh, I think, uh, 42 Canadians that could not make it, mm-hmm. um, and then we had you know, another 10 or 12 from, I guess, Great Britain and, and mm-hmm. all, you know, all over the country or all over the world, excuse yeah. me, that we're, yeah. that we're going to make it. And, and, you know, it's just, it, it is what it is. Everyone's kind of fighting through that. We still had, uh, you know, a giant field. Yeah. Um, and typically our match is the biggest interall match in the country. And we, we kind of draw that crowd, which is, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. You know, we try to go above and beyond everything we do. We try to have a great experience for everyone. Um, and you know, I, it just kind of shows cause everyone wants to keep coming back. So we're just, we're very thankful and, and blessed to be able to, to try to do that. Um, this yeah. match, we, uh, you know, you and I designed the course of fire. We, uh, thought about basically all the situations, all the level of shooters, uh, how to make it as fair as possible in every situation. Um, we had one situation, with the helicopter. Uh, so yep. we, we, you know, lease a helicopter out here and, you know, kind of rent a pilot to drive it. Um, probably one of my favorite stages. It's pretty cool. It's just, <laughs> it's just so fun to ride in a helicopter and get above ground. And so what we do is we do five targets, typically they're decent sized target wolf targets and turkeys and pigs, all sorts of stuff. And you're going about 25 miles an hour and you're just 
flying and it's bang, bang, bang. You got 30 rounds to hit as many as you can. It's five round, five point maximum. So you just go, you have fun and, and do it. So this year we decided to make that particular stage, you know, kind of a fun stage. Um, we weren't going to count it for points, but we still want everyone to experience it. Yep. And so you and I made that decision on, um, you know, Saturday night or Sunday morning and said, okay, we're just going to make this a fun stage. Um, yep. you guys can go out, have it, you know, have a good time with it, uh, rock and roll. And then, you know, we, we kind of held that, uh, held that decision all day, but I tell you what, it was, everything just ran smooth, yep. no target failures. Uh, everything was on time. Uh, for the most part, we were going to run because of the numbers. We were going to run two stages at the same time. We decided not to two, yeah, two sides, of, two sides of the range, not two stages. We're going to have yeah, hundred guys on me. one side and a hundred guys on the other and have helicopter running both days. Um, obviously the nut, we lost all the international people. So, you know, 60, 70 guys, um, couldn't make it and the weather ended up being a disaster on Saturday. <laughs> I don't know if the pilot, I don't know if the helicopter could have flown or not. Um I don't know for sure. He didn't want to. No, he I did, talked to him on Friday night and he's like, I really don't want to because of visibility issues. So yep. it ended up working uh, out. Made the decision to go. Yep. It ended up working out. So we just we ended up we were able to move every have everybody on one side and everybody on the next side of the range the next day and the helicopter flew all day Sunday, which worked out. The only downside is obviously the squads got bigger. We were gonna do, you know, uh, you know, eight, ten guy squads and then we we bumped them up to, you know, there was probably eleven 11 to 13 man squad. So a little bit longer wait than we'd prefer to have people wait, but just the way everything worked out, you got to do what you got to do. And people had fun, but there were, there were, there were some, you know, a couple stages ran a little slow, but not bad. Helicopter never backed up. They were, they were, they were awesome cranking people through. And that thing is cool. It's a, it's a unique, it's like the, the top guys, the rifle guys, like, I don't care if I shoot at a helicopter. I just, I just want to, I'm coming to compete and we, and we didn't want a helicopter stage or some points on a helicopter stage to skew a whole precision rifle match. But the say those same guys that say that, and I'm one of them, I just, Hey, I'm here to shoot bolt gun. The helicopter's cool. But those same guys are in a huge line. Everyone's got their phone out videos and pictures. Cause it's super, <laughs> it's so cool. You go up in there. We've got, we had four ARs from, um, from zero Delta us optics, put scopes on them. Everybody gets 30 rounds. You know, you're gunning out of a helicopter, which is, I mean, I don't know what the price of admission to go do. If you were in Vegas and someone, you go, hey, here's a shoot out of a helicopter tour. They charge you tons of money. So yeah. just to be able to do that one stage is so cool. So you go down, yeah. you get this big hundred yard run of targets in a row shooting against this hill and just, just, it was fun listening to the, some of the guys like you could hear, they come up on target, they make bang, 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 bang. And they hit the next target and they do that again. And then some guys you'd hear out there and they were just shooting as fast as they could pull the trigger. Just boom, 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 boom. Just everybody was having fun. It was, it was, it was really cool. I was, I don't know. That was, a, that was definitely a highlight. I know a bunch of the people loved it. A lot of people said, um, you know, it was their favorite stage and just kind of a cool opportunity. So, yeah. And it, it's kind of the stage that, um, you know, we've done for years now and yeah. it costs us a little extra money, but we just really enjoy it. And mm -hmm. we enjoy seeing all the smiles. Like there's nothing better than a guy going up in that. And it, you know, you know, most people are a little bit nervous when they, when they take off because the uncertainty, Yeah. but then when they get back, they're just giant smile on exactly. their face. The adrenaline rush is there. And so it's, I mean, it's good for those guys to be able to do that. And, you know, we're, we're happy to provide it. So, I mean, I tell you what, the whole match ran super smooth. Um, you know, we're already starting to plan for next year and starting to plan uh, location and and what we want to do as far as uh, targets and uh, courses of fire, how we want to draw and bring some more people in. So yep. Yep. yeah, it's it's good. Yep, I got to. I want to say thanks to MDT again. They we got got their logo on the helicopter and they were the title sponsor. They were super supportive and I just I'm super bummed. I've been talking to them today that those guys couldn't come down. I know they're disappointed. It just kind of a wrench in the plans, but they've been I I've been super stoked to shoot for those guys and really really thankful for their support. And I just again bummed they couldn't make it down because um, of the border deal with all this stuff. So. Um, they would have just had the best time in the world. I we mean, had coming fun. down Dude, with a match like that, yeah. man. 
Oh, and then we had side stages on Friday that were out of control. I mean, it was so much. I don't know. We shot cases and cases of shotgun ammo on a side stage. The MDT did their side stage. We had a we had a pistol side stage where you could win a an M, one of the MPA guard. Is it the Guardian? What's yeah, it? like uh, the, Defender or something. Defender, yeah, the MPA Defender. That their little. Uh, kind of little SBR short barreled Uzi looking thing. We had, you you know, this nine millimeter stage where you run a plate rack and you can win one of those. And so guys are, you know, just shooting all day Friday. We had a, we had a really fun NRL, uh, 22 X, the first 22 X match. And that was a little shorter notice. And, and, but we still had 40 guys shoot that match on Friday. Um, targets out to 400 yards. um, with the 22 that was awesome paul dallin won that and brian pence took second by a point and just a really they really i talked to brian i didn't i didn't know if he liked it i didn't know what people thought but he loved it we talked to some it was tough i mean the the percentage was right there in that high 70s type of a percentage um for the winner and so it was right where we wanted it as well just a tough a tough state tough stages and movement and target size and so that we just had such a fun weekend of just the the 22s and the side stages and then the, the two match days and luckily friday was beautiful for for all the side stuff saturday was nasty but we dried out good on sunday and had a finish on a strong note so um it just it was fun. so now that you've shot that those you know you shot the the first match yep you um you know, then we, then we had, we set up our entire course. Yeah. Fire. Now that you've been in those particular situations on a tough, uh, we'll call it a, a tougher or more challenging course of fire. Yeah. What kind of advice can you give to, um, you know, maybe some of those, those new shooters or kind of mid pack shooters, uh, yep. you know, what kind of advice can you give them to kind of perform better? Yeah. I mean, some of that was super, super clear to me. I mean, Saturday this weekend when I was match directing, was just a glaring, super easy thing to see was the weather was disgusting, horrible and miserable. A lot of people didn't bring reindeer cause it rain gear cause it's June and it doesn't rain in June over there. Um, except that it did and it poured all day. And so just, just mentally staying with it. We, we another another we're talking on Sunday night. Uh, one of the, Travis's uh, wife mentioned that um, Brittany mentioned that she's like a lot of people were really cold, but then all the all the guys that were shooting really good weren't cold at all. And it was just it's funny how much your mental state can affect your affect everything. Your actual you I don't know body temperature even your focus your your upbeat you know and the guys that were in it were just grinding. Steve Eames had a a pretty big lead. Um, after day one and he's, I was talking to him and he's like, man, I just head down and I just ground and ground and I stayed focused. And so just staying in it and it's, it's what you want to get out of it. I know, and you know, I talked to some guys have shot for a long time and it was so miserable. They shot one stage on Saturday and they're like, Hey, I'm here for a fun weekend to hang out with my friends and I'm going back to the hotel. So they actually left the match, got showered, had a good, went to the, got, went out to eat and had a good time. So came back after it quit raining Friday night, checked their guns and they shot all day Sunday <laughs> and had a fun time. Yeah, they were ready to go. Again. So, yeah. so, I mean, there is that, like, what do you want out of the sport? If you're here to have fun with your friends, then that's a whole different mindset. But if you're there to get better and win, then the discipline to you, you're forcing your, you're forcing yourself choosing when you have a bad stage to get, try wipe that out as best you can get ready for the next. When the whole day is bad because it's miserable and you can't see anything, I'm going to try to get five points out of the stage. I normally get 11 out of or 12 or 10 and just get what you can get and stay in that mindset. So it really depends on what you want out of it. There's different people are there for different reasons. And that was another thing that was very obvious to me after watching. There's a lot of guys there that, you know, not, not real great shooters and, and, and probably will never win a match, but they're there for fun and they have a great time. They got their friend group and they're trying to beat the guy in their friend group. And that's the victory to them, which was awesome to see. And that's what I don't get to see very much. Cause I'm there very competitive. You and I, a lot of the guys we shoot with are very competitive. We're there to trying to do the best we can in that match. I'm not just trying to beat you in, in 10th place. I'm trying to beat everybody for first. And so seeing those different mindsets was fun. Just, decide what you want out of it. If you want to win the match, you got to be focused every second and push hard. And if you want to have fun, have fun. But it was fun to see those different things. Um, but it was, there was actually two guys at the, uh, at the match, um, yeah. the, the MDT match. And so they come up to me 
they did not record their scores for uh, for the tiebreaker stage. And so they actually shot all weekend. They're grinding. They're, they're buddies. They ride in the truck together, yep. and they tied yep. at the match. And so they come up to me, and they say, Jake, we have a very important question. This is bragging rights on the entire eight-hour <laughs> drive home. Who had the faster time on the tiebreaker? You know, and so nice. it was just – it was awesome. And they were like in 75th and 76th place. Perfect. But they would, this was, they were like, this is like, this is eight hours of bragging rights. So let's, <laughs> you know, we re- this, we really need to know. I love that. <laughs> I thought it was so great. They were, and so sure enough, one of them beat on a t- on the tiebreaker. One of them, nice. um, you know, had more hits or, or whatever. And, yep. and so then he was just so jacked up and so excited. He's like, yeah. yes. I love see, it. I told you. I love it. No, I love that, I, and that was good for me as an MD to see see all to see all the sides and see see the different people there for different reasons and a good remember a good reminder to me because you know how we get it. I mean, we're grinding at matches. We are there for a specific reason, and that's to win. And and that's super fun to us and other people. That's not their main goal. So that was for me. It was really good. But yeah, mindset yeah. was is so huge. Like I mentioned at the beginning, watching how stages got in people's heads, guys I compete against, guys that are there for the wins, watching how they get in their heads, watching how they'd react, watching how they react to a good stage or a bad stage, uh, just all the different things you run into at a match. It was really fun to be able to be able to watch that, um, you know, firsthand without being in the hunt and, and having any, you know, personal whatever invested in it. Just, yeah. just you know, so that was, that was a blast, but That's um, great. No, it was fun. It was fun. I thanks for the opportunity to help, you know, to help MD with you. I had a good time. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was super fun. So, so we're going to go to the, uh, sniper side cup this week and, yeah. um, we're going to try to film a bunch of, it's supposed to be nice. So oh, I think, uh, if we can film a bunch of stages and get a bunch of content for, uh, for everyone, maybe we'll just, uh, kind of release that with the next podcast and we'll talk about it's a good idea. Um, the stages and then you guys, uh, as listeners can possibly go on to the VP, uh, page and watch some of those videos. If we post those, yep. um, we'll just, we'll just try to post raw videos. So you'll be able to see all of our shots. You'll be able to, you know, hear us communicate. You'll be able to see our positions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll just try to set that up, uh, you know, if possible, Sniper Side Cup sometimes has some blind stages. So some of them we might, we might not be able to set up the camera. Yep. Um, but I have that really right stuff camera phone mount so we can just press play and rock and roll. Cool. Yeah, that's a good note. I probably should. I know, I've heard that match is pretty tripod heavy. So maybe I should throw in a little light tripod to put the camera on if we're both going to be shooting off tripods because it is a team Perfect. match. So we'll have to Perfect. remind me to do that. Um yeah, I got a phone mount too, so we could put that on that like a lightweight hunting yeah. one. So, um, yeah. yeah, I'm excited for that. That'll be fun Love to it. shoot a shoot a laid back one. Hey, do you? Let's talk about. I mean, this is a side note. I don't want it to be a highlight, but um, the whole Proctor score thing. I got some questions. Everyone's kind of talking about. I've talked to him a little bit. Um, uh, it's been it's been interesting, obviously. <clears throat> it's uh we don't have any big specific things and i don't want to drag his name through the mud ars has done a great job of that so um, <laughs> everybody he's, he's getting wrecked and, and and rightfully so i mean you know but i also don't want to crucify somebody for something but I, what what are your I, I don't even know we didn't talk about this beforehand i it's just a it's a topic that's going on what you know one-year ban, five-year ban, lifetime ban. What do you, if it's just up to you, what do you pick? So uh, I, I guess kind of to, to preface this, I, um, from what I understand is that there was some guys in the Southeast uh, within a, a group of, of shooters that they, uh, they do a lot of self, they have so many shooters down there and everyone wants to shoot, which is a great thing that they're doing self RO, uh, kind of like self squad, self RO, self score, keep matches. And, uh, they basically have like a roaming, uh, iPad that goes around and so they can edit all their deals. Well, I guess what happened is some of the squad moms that are supposed to be in charge of, of these, uh, of these iPads, they were kind of doctoring their scores and adding points or going back and editing. And so all that came to light, um, at, uh, the K and M match because they caught, uh, uh, Patrick, 
kind of editing scores when another shooter said, hey, he really got an eight, but it shows in the scores that he got a nine or whatever the situation is. Yeah. I'm not completely positive. Yep. And so then um, Shannon, the, the match director there, put a, a super quick halt to that and said, okay, well, um, I'm going to look into this and find it. And so I guess they DQ'd him from the match right there when they found out that that was there. And all props to props to those guys for, for standing up and just doing that right away. Because I know yeah. as a match director, you know, when you hear something like that, you, you're, you're a little bit skeptical because you're like, well, is that really the case? Or is someone coming and saying something because yeah. he's doing, he or she is doing well, whatever the situation is. Um, and yeah, you got to be a hundred percent sure on those things. You have to be a hundred percent. And so I get, you know, some of the hesitation as a match director going like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to DQ a guy and then falsely DQ him and then so on and so forth. But so they figured that out pretty quickly. Um, and since then, uh, the PRS has done a, a big kind of like investigation and it probably took them a week to investigate. They talked to other match directors and had them pull up their scores and see what kind of edits were made. And sure enough, this hasn't been, this wasn't a one-time deal and it wasn't a one-time deal for, for just him either. There was actually a bunch of other people in that area that were also, you know, kind of uh, guilty of, of doing this. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of to preface a, a lot of that. That's, that's what happened. And, I know you and I go back and forth on this because I think the way of the future is self-ROing, self-squatting. You know, I think that that's kind of the way. But now that all this is coming on, I'm I'm kind of changing my mind a little bit. A lot of people, and you're included, just you think absolutely not. It's not a good idea. Um, You know, we, we we have referees and ROs and we have people like that that should be in charge of that so that there's no indiscretion there's no um, opportunity for that with with these shooters and so up here in the northwest really we we have ROs at all of our matches Um, even our smaller club level matches we still have you know ROs at every stage that are that are really in charge of that and so all my matches I've always had ROs out there so there there really hasn't been you know, a big problem with that, uh, all the two day events, we two just, days. you know, yeah. yeah, you know, we try to have all those big ones. Well, they've run some two day matches, uh, you know, other places in the country that have kind of went to that self ROing, self spotting, self scorekeeping or whatever the situation is. And that's kind of develops that problem. Um, so that yeah. being said, yeah. Um, my opinion is, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Keep going. Sorry. My opinion is the rules for the PRS. They said that a cheating, uh, a cheating instance, uh, something like that was a ban for the rest for the remainder of the season. And then it also said that if it was an extreme case of cheating, we could do a one year ban. Um, and so because the rules state that, it's my opinion that we should honor those rules that we all put in place. And mm-hmm. so he should get a one year ban. Um, there's other people that are calling for a, a lifetime ban or a five year ban or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, some of those guys are match directors that have been, you know, kind of, kind of screwed over because they cheated at his match or okay. whatever the situation is. So they have a little bit more, you know, kind of heart in it and a little bit, you know, feeling like they also got screwed over. And so I get their under, I, I get their, their, uh, their desire to put a lifetime ban on it, but the rules state that it should be a one year ban if it's an egregious or, uh, you know, very bad case of that. So I think it's gotta be a one year ban. And if at the end of the year, we need to change those rules, then we can change them moving forward. But you know, the rule state, it it is what it is, you know, just like, uh, performance enhancing drugs in baseball, it states that on your first offense, this is the, you know, and and that's cheating in my mind to do that. And so the rule state, the first offense is, you know, X amount of games, the second offense is X amount of games. The third offense is, you know, lifetime ban or whatever the, the rule state. So, yeah, yeah. you know, 
it's it is what it is that you know even those guys using peds they didn't just use them once they they used them all the full full year and they you know the rules are the rules we wrote the rules um collectively as you know i guess the prs head uh the, the you know the prs director shannon k mm-hmm. looked over those rules um and we all, as match directors, passed off, passed off on them. So it is what it is at this point, in my opinion. Yeah, I think initially a lot of emotions were like forever ban. When you hear the rules, I, I'm I'm in the same page of like, I, I don't want to just be making up rules midstream just because situations change. Um, I, I do think it's one of the worst ways of cheating. I mean, the most blatant kind of premeditated um Outside to me, the only thing worse would be to tampering with another competitor's gear, breaking someone's rezeroing a scope, or doing something. That maybe there's worse, but that seems like the pinnacle of of damaging <laughs> others. Um, even though this this is damaging others by by his actions, it's not not that. I think that might be the only thing worse that I could think of. But this is right there at the top. So obviously mm-hmm. something needs to be done. I think one year is appropriate with the rules. Um, it does bring to light. The scoring RO requirements, I mean, we, we had this discussion because we were close to doing some sort of hybrid ROs with our match we just ran. We were going to run 20 stages at the same time, which we've never done here, um, you know, with matches close together, with the whole corona thing. People just a, a lot. It's just a strange year, harder to get ROs where the matches is definitely out in the middle of nowhere. So it's not like you're real close to a city center or something. So. Um, we had guys, I had buddies, Cody and Ethan drove over from the Valley. I mean, they're driving six, seven hours. We had guys come from all over the place. A lot of great ROs drove for hours to give their weekend. I can't, I can't say how much I appreciate that from those guys, but all that being said, we were close to doing kind of a hybrid of maybe one guy at a stage with kind of making sure the stage was run everywhere and running the practice score. And then with some assisted spotting, I'm not, I don't mind that, but I, the, the more you do this, if, if guys are willing to cheat to win a club match where nothing's on the line, except for, I don't even know, nothing's on the line. I'm bragging rights, I guess, but it's just a club match versus, and then you throw in a two day where there's, you know, potential, you know, prizes or cash at these AG matches and, you know, sponsorship stuff and kind of just winning these big matches if they're going to cheat at the club match they're certainly going to cheat at a two-day um we've seen that in human nature forever everybody you know most people won't some people will and after kind of seeing this and seeing how some some non some some self-ran matches recently didn't go well um I, I guess I'm more back on that. We got to have some ROs at, at least one yeah. at every stage. And, but it's hard because we got so many national matches. I don't care at club matches if they're self ROed. Um, but I, I, I feel like at these, you know, these national matches, I, I'm backed on the train of, we got to have at least one per stage. There's got to be, we got to keep these things as fair. Cause there's going to be a couple people that do some shady stuff. And and I'm not sure what the answer is because we've got I don't know how many national matches we have, but that's a lot of demand on ROs. Um, yeah. uh, and well, you know, part of it too, in my opinion, is that um, you know some of this reconciliation, putting this out on the forefront, uh, stomping it in the ground early, is going to help that a lot, in, in my opinion. And you know, part of my discussion and my thoughts are. Uh, this really affects a lot of a lot of people. I know for for me or for you or for any of the other shooters that were that were maybe up in the scoreboard, that affects our families and that affects our livelihood. So, for yeah. example, um, you know, there's contingency programs out there where you're running X Y Z person's gear and you win a match or you get a top five or whatever, you're going to get paid on a tier system. Um, for, you know, running that match and promoting that product. And that could be, you know, $500 or it could be $250. Well, if you knock that person down a, a knock, that's an extra $250 that the, I mean, if, if I'm there shooting and I get third place and I learn that someone ahead of me um, cheated or when I was, you know, straight as an arrow, yep. by golly, that really hurt. That affects me and my by family. By golly, we're and back in the ability. 50s. 
right back to the 1950s. I know. I hear you. I hear you. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But I, but, yeah, it's, so yeah. in my opinion, those guys need to, I mean, those guys really need to repay, um, you know, though that lost, that lost money from the guys that they beat out. So if, 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 uh, someone that, you know, was in that position that, that, you know, is cheating or was cheating, uh, they win that particular match. They really, really need to, um, you know, repay, uh, person X person Y and, and get yeah. those contingencies because I, I just don't think that's, and I mean, I, that affects. I think on the pro in Proctor specifically, I, I believe that he has he sent he sent trophies out, he's mailed checks. However, it still you know steals the thunder from the weekend. You got second. It's not like you go make a post or you get a brag exactly. or you go have no bragging rights. Yep. That's all gone. It's like all this is well, the whole thing was just a waste. Exactly. And so none of that's coming back. You know that's and that is what it is. But he you know on on a different he it's going to be interesting because he's got the one year ban. I know he still wants to shoot. Uh, I've like I said I chat with him a little bit. I'd like to maybe chat more, um, but. It's just a, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating. It's, um, but you know, he wants to come back. I don't know if he's going, I, you know, when he does, how is, how is, I don't know him. And, and you guys, a lot of you guys down there do, we don't know him up here in the Northwest guys would call me, Hey, tell me about Patrick, man, I've, I've seen him. I don't know if I've ever talked to him this last few yeah, years. I don't so, think I have either. So yeah. you, you guys down there know the guy, I don't know if he's a, you know, a nice guy or he's been cool. I've heard he is, but obviously he did this. I don't know if you guys are going to, it's not something we got to worry about up here. Cause we don't see him anyway, but I don't know if you guys are going to, even after the ban is over, a allow him back like just socially are you gonna shun him like what are you gonna do and that's an interesting you know a pretty gross episode of cheating but you know i'm not gonna be the one to you know no one's perfect in everything i you know we're all do dumb stuff at some point in our lives so i'm not i'm not the guy that's like oh you know he made one thing his life is ruined whatever but at the same time it's pretty bad in the sport so it's going to be an interesting to see thing to see how it plays out and what he does and what you guys you know i guess luckily for us we don't up here we don't have to deal with it cuz he's not up here but how you guys treat him when he comes back or how that's going to play out that's a different topic and and you know that'll come up later but um and anyway. it's, you know and and it's not just I know he was the the first guy, but it's really not just him. There That's are true. some others yep. that that were in that area that were doing kind of the same the same sort of crap. And so, yep. Yep. it's not it's 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 we have to change it as a mindset. We have to come together as a community and make it better. Now that now that that's behind us, we have to figure out how do we, um, you know, come together to make all experiences better, um, so that it's so that it's not happening. And I think, I think we can, I think it's, it's something that, uh, we as a community, uh, I'm a big fan of, of second chances. Um, mm. you know, my parents give me a lot of second chances. My yep. friends are giving me a lot of second chances. Um, nobody yep. in this world is perfect. And so the, the first person to say he's perfect, you know, can throw that stone. But yep. in my opinion, it's, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, the rule is the rule, you know, we let him back and there, there are some match directors that I've heard that said, well, I'll never let him shoot my match again. Yep. Um, and that's their, that's, it's their match. That's their choice. They can do that. It will be very interesting to see kind of what happens because he, those, those are all the matches he shoots. He lives down there. He shoots those matches. Yep. Um, you know, people in that area, they're pretty fortunate. They don't have to travel anywhere. They can stay within, you know, within driving distance to every match they shoot all, all year long. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're never going to come up here. Yep. Um, they're never going to go to the Northeast or to the Southwest or the Northwest. They don't have to. So yep. it, it definitely will be interesting. And, and, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Yep. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll keep you posted on that. You guys already know this is all over social, but yeah, it is interesting. I'm practiced. And then Brian, I think came out with, I can't remember his last name, another guy. And I've heard rumors. I don't even know all this. I've been out of cell service. I know there's some posts and stuff, but I've heard there's a lot more guys they've got suspicions on down there. So it's, it's weird. And, and I do want to say this for you guys that don't, you know, people are like how, you know, what, why is there so much cheating in the PRS? It's not PRS. It's NRL. It's people. Um, if the NRL was down there running club matches and they were self-RO, the same thing would have happened. So it's not, it's not a league thing. It's a person thing. 
you know, there's, you get, it's either 80, 20 rule or whatever you want to do. They're 80% of people are cool. 20% are douchebags or whatever you want to separate the numbers at. Um, the, it's not widespread. I don't, I personally don't have people like, well, do you think you've been cheated out of a match? I was like, no, I think, you know, I don't think I've ever been cheated out of a match. I, I'm not, it's not something that's widespread in the sport. I don't want those rumors to start. It was, this was mainly, mainly club level, where you can where you can get a hold of the iPad and it just crept into I think a couple two days, those have been caught. They're being have been addressed and being addressed. Um, they weren't big nationals that I was at or Jake was at, you know. But definitely some people did suffer from that. But it's not. I just wanted a kind of a disclaimer. This isn't widespread. I'm not worried about the health of the sport. It's not a PRS versus NRL thing. It's nothing to do with that. It's some people who do dumb stuff. And it's being addressed, which is good. So, I mean, moving forward to sport, yep. obviously growing pains. The sport's booming. It's growing crazy. Uh, the industry's awesome in the long-range sector. So it's it's super fun. Obviously going to have some growing pains. Um, so, anyway, that's my my, yep. che- my cheesy disclaimer. So um, we're, we're hitting over an hour here. Wrap this up. I've got, got some work stuff i got to get done because I'm leaving in a couple days to meet okay. up with you <laughs> for Friday. So yeah. let's do that. Let's do that Swanee's giveaway. Um, okay. Did, so uh, Swanee's giveaway. Uh, uh, Jeremy Swanson of Swanee's Comp Gear is uh, giving a shooter that shares and tags a couple friends. Um, and so we had a lot of uh, people that did that. And so we got all those people under the random drawing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the winner, you need to just contact uh, us. And what I'll do is I'll get you in contact with Swanee. He'll send you your kit. You have two different choices on that uh, new shooter kit. Comes with a whole bunch of cool stuff. So I'm really excited for you guys. Um, and so the winner of that is uh, Dustin Solo. Uh, Sola, excuse me, uh, Dustin Sola, um, S O L A. So Dustin, go ahead and, uh, uh, send one of us a message. Um, and we will get you all, all squared away with Swanee. Um, guys, thank, you know, thanks Swanee for, for doing the the giveaway. He reached out to us and said, Hey, let's, let's give some uh, stuff away to a new shooter. And so that's a perfect, perfect uh, fit for him. Yeah. We appreciate that very much. Um, Hope you get some good use out of that, Dustin. Thanks for sharing that, and we appreciate it very much. So, um, anything else you want to wrap up with here before we get off uh, of here? No, we'll just uh, get some more videos, um, some yeah, more buddy. content for you guys, and and uh, excited to share it. And you know, keep the questions coming. We get a lot of questions, and so we try to throw those in every once in a while. Not necessarily a question a- uh, answer episode, but we just try to talk about some of those things. Yep. So, yeah, okay. let's. Uh, Let's keep it rocking. Yeah, should get back on the horse here. You know, being gone for those few weeks out of service and everything was we just got busy. So should get back on the horse a little more regular content. Again, Evans flows a little bit with our schedules, but we appreciate you guys. Thanks for checking in on us. Make sure we are still live. We are, we're, and we're getting back at it. So anyway, um, we will talk to you soon. We'll do an update on this weekend's match and let you know how it goes. So we'll talk to you later. Toodles. <laughs>